Coming up, sample Syrian singer Mayada L. Henways. Of course it's a Timberland with a sample like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you heard from us in February, can you believe it? Scott's series winner was Kylie. And Liam's was Lincoln Park. I tried so So welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Scott and Liam here going through every single top 10 single of the Naughtiest Decade in the search for pretty much the best one. What was the naughtiest thing going down? We're going through every single top 10, week by week, in order, with you trying to figure out what the crack is really and what was the best one so uh, no mean feet Liam busy work really busy work and today is a very special day because we start a brand new year yeah we are into 2002 cannot believe it can you believe it no it's it's just over a year since we started the show. We're still doing it and we're making good progress. We're in a, a very exciting year, I think. Would you agree? What's really exciting for me is to see the old downloads from a year ago starting to, or still increasing. So people are joining us and catching up, which yeah. is really, really exciting. So uh, thank you so much to all the newbies that have joined us. There is a spreadsheet culture between a lot of super fans. So yeah. if you do want to start getting your spreadsheet on, we get so excited whenever we see spreadsheet pictures. So yeah, show us your spreadsheets man csv files <laughs> we would love nothing more so please do we'll let you know all that kind of stuff how you get involved uh, later in the show but for now we need to talk about the world cup results the world cup's been taking place over the last i think six weeks or so um 48 tracks at the beginning mm-hmm. it's now down to just the well just to the, to the one we have a winner and drum roll i mean if you've seen on twitter you already know the answer was but <laughs> the winner was Weedus and Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah. They beat Kylie Minogue in the final. Scott, how do you feel? Oh, I'm just actually buzzed. You know, whenever people become runners-up and they're pure buzzing, I'm still buzzing that both of our tracks were like in the actual semi-final and final. Like, I feel strangely validated. Maybe a bit more pressure than what I originally intended. But, you know, if Kylie's going to be beaten by something, you want it to be something good. And, like, that is caliber caliber stuff to like knock Kylie into second place yeah very very much so we've had some uh, responses to the results we had one from Kinsalia who says really pleased to see that we just won the song holds so many uh, great memories for me tough competition though 2001 was a great year for music totally agree really yeah Jane Green would have said perfect result that song it's the song that speaks to everyone who ever felt like they were a misfit loser, uh, which is pretty much everyone, really. Mm. And Mark from Glasgow said, Kylie was robbed, hashtag travesty. <laughs> Do you know what? She would have been robbed had she been knocked out in the first round. So remember, she came second yeah. out of so, so many tracks. So she's a winner. She's a winner. She is ultimately everyone's winners because they got top 10 singles and we spoke about them. You know, <laughs> yeah. no mean feat. 
to, to even exist, in my opinion, is good enough. It's more than I've done in my life. So Everyone's a winner in the game of life. Yeah, true. There is still time. You know, we have spoken about our, our, our fictional boy band, Day 19. Maybe this is the year it finally pops off. Mm. In this actual series, we're going to say goodbye to A1, like as a, as a, a naughty's artist. Yeah. Yeah, we, we slide in and take their place. We'll see. We'll see about that. Maybe there might be another band conversation uh, in the next episode from what I've been looking at. So watch this space. All right, okay. Mm. I'm, I'm interested. Mm. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, I see. <laughs> um, so, coming up on today's episode is the start of 2002 and Backstreet's Back. All right. As are Aaliyah, Dr. Dre, and So Solid Crew. And we have got some bangers from <laughs> Pure Tone. Uh, I'm not laughing at Pure Tone, I'm laughing at DJ Alligator Project, Gold <laughs> Tricks, and Lange as well. But first. So let's start a brand new year. This is 2002. And of course, we start with a brand new week, the 6th of January 2002. The UK number one this week. Now, if you remember back to 2001, which feels like ages ago, I mean, it literally was 20 years ago. But in terms of our podcast, it was a few months ago. It was Robbie and Nicole who were number one. Uh, This week in January 2002, Daniel Bedenfield has leaped back after three weeks of being like number two. He's just back at number one. Ah. What a nice bloke. And in the album chart, Robbie is still doing bits. He's been number one with Swing When You're Winning for seven weeks. Seven weeks of that bloody album. Anyway. Yeah, but we did say that that was kind of maybe the most acceptable place for him to be. Like Robbie fits Swing better than anything else, really. So, Mm. yeah, seven weeks. No wonder he's laughing all the way to the bank. Totally, even to this day, so much. Uh, in terms of my life in kids' TV and being, you know, five-year-old, I was loving life. This was a big week for TV. There was a show called Don't Eat the Neighbours, which started, which I loved. <laughs> there was a, a show called Ripley and Scuff, which was a spin-off of The Rotten Trolls, arguably the best kids' TV show of all time. And Tracy Beaker started as well. Tracy Beaker. I've never actually watched that. Um, I do think that she might have come to an event in Sunderland and everybody thought she was DJing and then it went pear-shaped because it turned out there'd been a confusion with the booking and she can't DJ. It was meant to be an appearance so they hadn't actually booked anybody to facilitate the night and it (gasps) went tits up. Is that true? Unless I've just completely dreamt that. But I do think there might have been a freshers kind of event for Tracy Beaker people, yeah. Oh, blimey. Well, funnily enough, like the the Tracy Beaker theme tune, this current time, we're doing the podcast at the right time because... Bits of pop culture like Tracy Beaker are like still very much around. Like the show's still on. Like they're still making that program in some shape or form. And the actual Tracy Beaker theme tune's been used in a sample by Stormzy. <laughs> and the actual song itself is currently in the charts. It's just being re-released. Oh wow! Yeah, Nostalgia. so Tracy Beaker's everywhere. I know. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, in in other TV news, this very much isn't kids TV, but Footballers Wives started. Oh wow! Very much not kids TV. I watched that at the start a little bit. I think I fancied one of the girls. I bet you what did. I bet you did. You were 17 and they were all they was naked. They were, was it Chantel? I think there might have been a girl called Chantel. Yeah, I fancied Chantel. Mm. Yeah. I didn't watch it for very long, to be fair. It, I, I started to struggle at this point with things that were too overdramatic. Mm. Um, so it was easier to watch something that was overdramatic and American, but stuff close to home was just too cringe for me. Yeah, I guess so, because football's so close to your life. <laughs> it totally is. It's the, I think it's, and I've, it's probably the same with some of these songs, actually. If something's cheesy and it comes from close to where you live or where you're from, it's cringy. Whereas if it comes from a different country, sometimes it's legendary. Mm. You know, uh, I think it's a bit like, you know, everybody hates seeing somebody from where they're from on the telly. Yeah. 
and it might be that kind of a thing. I guess that explains my aversion to Geordie Shaw and Vera. Yes, exactly. I think, well, obviously Vera is difficult because she's not really a Geordie yeah. and potentially getting away with doing the worst Geordie accent of all time <laughs> in front of millions of people a week. Mm. Yeah, anyway. And, and finally, before we get into the actual top 10, there's a track that uh, clocked in at number 68, which will be coming up again later on because this is where it started off before Ascendant at number two. <sighs> Pure Tone, Addicted to Bass. What about my weakness? I'm totally addicted to bass. Little spoiler, it's coming up. But yeah, this week it was number 68. And um, I think we're going to see more of this as these years go on, where tracks kind of like come in but don't start in the top 10. Like yeah. so far, most of the tracks we've covered have started in the top 10. Whereas now you're getting tracks that start off low and then they get a bit of hype and mm-hmm. boom, they're up there. So look forward to that. The first track we're going to do of the actual top 10, this is the only uh, top 10 uh, new entry for this week. It was from the Backstreet Boys and it's called Drowning. This is the only single from their compilation album that hits Chapter One, written by Andreas Carlson, Rami and Linda Thompson, who we know, and produced by Rami and Christian London as well. So mm-hmm. there's very much a vibe from that one that we could have expected before we even pressed play in it, really, isn't there? Well, yeah, very much so. I mean, the fact is Rami, like, he's obviously a, um, a Max Martin collaborator, so you'd expect a kind of more Max Martin sound going off paper. Yeah. Uh, but then you, you listen to it, and actually, it's a sludgy Westlife song, isn't it? Really, that's what I've written. But it's a, it's a it's a sludgy Westlife song that has an old town sample at the start, or is it a sample? What is it? Who knows? We're, we're, we need to get to the bottom of this. Well, actually, now that you say that, I've written All or Nothing by Westlife, but actually that was a sample... That was a cover of O-Town, yeah. Of O-Town, yeah. Because I've written down that it was... Well, that's a waste of an intro. Yeah, what like is Like a real point? waste of an intro. It took me... I don't know. It took me about a minute to recognise it, so it had to get to the chorus. And then whenever it dropped, I was like, this is more Westlife than Westlife. Mm-hmm. This is strange. But because of the way that they do it and the way that they sing it, there's something way more international about it. I actually like the layering nicer than I do for Westlife for the singing. Weirdly enough, it's very, very quick in passing, but there's actually some really subtle Celtic flutes chucked in there. Then there's some country bits as well. So they're like reaching all sorts of different you know, subcultures in America, you know, whenever they're like, oh, I'm part Irish and I'm all of that kind of crack. But mm. it's a strange one. You've got like, a, what I've written down is a, a, a less ostentatious bridge yeah. than what you would get with Westlife. A really out of the ordinary ramp up for some strange reason dum 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 there's a dumb there's dumbs that are, are weird but all, all in all a really strange curveball for backstreet boys for me yeah i mean considering it's the greatest hits track as well does this encapsulate the backstreet boys really especially when it sounds more like a westlife thing i don't i, I don't think it's a great 
greatest hit to put on put out there as a single i don't i don't i don't know it is just weird it is just weird i mean like the fact that it, it is just so westlife it's so sludgy I, I don't know what more there is to say about this kind of track there's been so many of them like we've done so many westlife tracks at this point like how much different things are there to say about this so i went digging deeper and i don't normally go through lyrics quite as as finely as this but the messages of this and i think it's no wonder that fans become so dangerously obsessed with bands like this because the lyrics are so manipulative. Oh, really? I can't imagine life without your love. You are my survival. And this one's just a wild card. Love me mouth to mouth now. <laughs> uh, you know I can't resist because you're the air that I breathe. And of course, the track being like drowning. This is just a lot of messages about like codependence, like dangerous levels of codependence. And it's instilled on young people like this yeah. from an early age. And I find it really sickening. It is. But if COVID didn't exist and you were reading that mouth to mouth lyric, you'd be like, hey, it's so romantic. Whereas now you're like, oh, COVID don't touch each other. Dirty bitches. But uh, yeah, it is. I get what you're saying, actually. I do find that with love songs generally. Yeah. Whereas that's, yeah. I think that's, you know, we're back to the creepy test mm. a lot of the time with things. But I think this shows, I know we've discussed Westlife in the past and people wouldn't let Westlife into America. Uh, I do think that Backstreet Boys have done the Westlife sound better than what Westlife could have done it. I think it's, it's I think maybe it's because of the five guys in the band and how well they actually blend. I don't necessarily think it's production mm. really but there's something just slightly better about their harmonies slightly more professional and um, we're actually i know there's always kind of been a joke and there, there is with british bands that oh this one's doing all of the work they're carrying it and mark from westlife you just waited for mark's moment yeah and um, whereas in backstreet boys it's much more balanced and you get a, a less of a showy track out of it but actually a slightly nicer one but i do think this would have but this is definitely better as a Backstreet Boys track than a No Town track or a Westlife track, really. Mm. It was given to the right band. To go to the, to the Old Town thing, the, the, the weird intro that has no connection to the rest of the song and is basically Old, Town, uh, Old Town's All or Nothing. I've, I've, I've tried to find out as much as I can on this. They are obviously very, very similar, almost exactly the same. Song Facts says that Backstreet Boys recorded this first. Oh. So why have Old Town... So well, 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 why, is that, why is that tiny bit of the song in there? before moving on. I, I, I don't understand the, any of it. I found a transcript from AJ from the band uh, on a radio show in Seattle. And he says, the funny thing is that we recorded the song almost two years ago. Yep, before O-Town. Uh, so O-Town, if anybody ripped anything off, they did from us. Interesting. There's a bit of boy band beef there, a bit of boy band beef. They played a game of uh, Drowning versus All or Nothing on that station with AJ. They played a clip and said, can you tell which one it is? And he got it wrong. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that is good. That is good. But, you know, generally, the question then to Backstreet Boys is why chuck that bit at the start of the song that never appears again and has absolutely a complete disconnect Bizarre. from it, really. It's weird. You've gone very deep. And I think this happens each week because sometimes we go really deep on the first tracks. Yeah. But I, I was like, right, this was a number four. It's the most forgettable Backstreet Boys we've probably done so far. Um, I, I, I then I give up pretty much on it. Um, I think you've been sucked in to go deep. I did say the video is very West Lifely. Yeah. There is no chairs. There is steps. Um, there isn't necessarily a stand up part, but there's a bit of kneeling down. And it's just it's that whole thing where I've, I've put down. It's not as cheesy because it's not as close to home. Whereas you know, if that was Westlife doing it the way the Backstreet Boys are doing it, I would be like mortified. Oh God, they look like idiots to the rest of the world mm. just because I feel like they're my neighbours yeah. and my friends. Whereas with Backstreet Boys, they're so far away from me. They feel international and like this is what fame and performances should be at that level. And it's I just contradict myself because they're closer to mm. Ireland. It low-key kind of sucks that this is how we start Series 3. I'm not going to lie. Because last year it was Rui De Silva. 
And this year it's this. And I feel sad. Yeah. But at least it's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so it's a big name. Yeah, it's a big really. It, it's, yeah. Like, we could be going, we could be Millennium Prairie all over again. That's true. So let's be grateful yeah. for a number four from Backstreet Boys. Before we move on to the next week, can I just tell you what's just happened? We just got a tweet from Reagan Vincenza, who is a regular listener of the show and, you know, regularly contributes. And she's just tweeted to us at the podcast, okay, you guys are definitely talking about drowning by the Backstreet Boys. As we're talking about it. As we're talking. Just as you started talking, I got that tweet. That's creepy. Now I'm wondering, where, where is the bug in the room? I mean, <laughs> more, more, more likely she's, she's noticed that we're probably going to start again soon and it's the first track of the year and that she's done the maths. Uh, yeah, that's that's really creeped me out, Reagan. You've 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 terrified me. I'm I'm gonna like pull this room apart and try and find the, the microphone <laughs> and the camera. And I'm talking into the microphone. Are you, have you tapped this? Oh, blimey. Anyway, nice to see you again, Reagan. Thanks for joining us. Let's move on. <laughs> so we are well, we're, we're flying through the air already in the second week. This is the 13th of January. There are brand new entries because it's a it's a brand new year. Everyone's moved on from Christmas. New entries at number one, number two, number four, number five, number six, number eight, and nine. Uh, Daniel Bedenfield is now number three. He's been knocked down, but still respectable up there. Yeah. For a track mm-hmm. that was recorded in a bedroom for a couple hundred quid. He's doing he's doing smashing. Album chart-wise, Robbie was knocked off. Stereophonics are back at number one. Uh, Robbie goes to number three. And Gordon Haskell, our good oh. mate, who uh, had, a, had a lovely track last year. Uh, the album was Harry's Bar. Uh, he goes to number two. So that's very good indeed. Yeah, that's really good, considering he's probably only got a Radio 2 push, hasn't he? Pretty much, yeah. So- He's, he's had a hell of a time, um, God rest him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of top 10 tracks that are notable that we're going to see in the future, 94, Pink, Get the Party Started. But obviously it catches on because next week we'll be talking about it as a number four, I think, or number five. So, yeah. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Right. This is more like the track that I wanted to start the the series with. Not Backstreet Boys and their sludgy Westlife covers. Yes. I want it to be this. So let's just make it this. Aaliyah and the first track that was released after her very sad and tragic death the year before. This is More Than A Woman. This is off the self-titled 2001 album and it samples Syrian singer Mayada El Henway's song Aluli Anza. Have a listen to this. Produced by Timbaland, one of three tracks that Timbaland's produced. Of course it's a Timbaland with a sample like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a song that's about her promise to be more than a woman Mm. to a love interest. This is the first introduce of the series for 2002 Aaliyah more than a woman welcome yeah what do you think of it well if, if, I think we we always talk about Timberland tracks and we always talk about Timberland first it's awful because Aaliyah is so good but I always feel we have to talk about Timberland first it's the first thing you notice it's the intro juice his productions are always just incredible but I think 
as as with try, uh, try again, it's a real match made in heaven. They complement each other so well, and I think I said this about try again as, as well. Uh, neither side is kind of like overbearing the other one. The two just marry side by side nicely and complement really nicely. Yeah, I really really like this, and I, I, my my notes are largely just what a shame. Oh really? What an absolute tragedy that we didn't get more of this. You know what I mean? Like it's just um, it's really heartbreaking. You look at Aaliyah and you read about the, the the work that went into it, how she worked on those themes, how she basically designed the entire video herself, and you realise that she was kind of like an auteur almost like in the way that Billie Eilish is an auteur now. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got the whole vision concocted and it's just a total tragedy that she didn't get to see it out. It really is. Really. I've put down that it's saucy, right? Mm. And obviously knew the song, loved the song at the time. But I'm trying to figure out, is actually, is it a positive message? Like, should you have to be more than what you are for a man's acceptance? Or is it, is it just, is it, is it playful? Or is it the wrong message now that hasn't aged well to send to young girls? And I'm, I'm a bit conflicted and a bit confused about it and it's because it's actually very lyrically thin there's not a lot to it really when you go through a lyric checker and see what what's in it but i just i can't tell what i'm thinking lyrically about it did you find tooth coma or have you just kind of just loved it I kind of just loved it but i was i was i was in the same sort of mindset of you of kind of like what does this mean like what does this actually mean as somebody who is not a woman i i couldn't i couldn't get to the heart of what it of what it means either really yeah i get where you're coming from though it, it, it could be a it could be a a, a a feminist message or it could be a very kind of like patriarchal message of like you you need me to be a woman sort of thing or like i i know that you need me to be, be a woman so i'll be that for you yeah i don't know maybe maybe you know I think we, need a, we need a, we need a, we need a woman's perspective on this one we do it's not going to cause a scandal we're still it's still going to go down in history as being an absolute jam yeah really uh and i don't think that yeah i would love answers in a postcard so if anybody wants to be a bit more enlightened and tell us their their interpretation of it mm. that'll be great but we probably don't need to go in as deep now so we did lose Aaliyah in a plane crash um after she'd been to barbados was it barbados she was in the Bahamas. Uh, Bahamas. Um, yeah. She'd been to was it Bahamas? She'd been to film the video for Rock the Boat, and they just finished it. Um, and I do, do. Should we just do a second of Rock the Boat, just to kind of like? Yeah, why not? Because this it, more than a woman is our goodbye. But Rock the Boat was like the, the the thing that never became because it never got top ten in the UK. Let's have a second of Rock the Boat. where Janet Jackson should have gone soundwise because mm-hmm. that is pure pure sassy as well really um, this is kind of like if we go back to more than a woman right if we talk about the video this is like the original cheese grater video that's now a meme yeah 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 uh, is, is this the first one have we done cheese grater videos before I feel like we've done What's cheese grater NSYNC have had some cheese grater, grater videos I'm sure yeah five maybe did actually didn't they a little yeah, bit yeah five too. have yeah I think everyone's had one at some point Samantha Mumba I feel like she has as well yeah. Maybe's yeah. This feels like the epitome of it. Yeah, really good. But in the video, you've got her dancing in a, a motorbike engine. You've got end and pist- end and pistons, motorbikes, dance routines. She smashes it. It looks expensive, and it really just positions her as like a global superstar. So, yeah, I really like this. I love the fact it was number one. Mm. It's so devastating. We didn't get more, and it's it's devastating. This is a goodbye. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is our a, a podcast goodbye. It's not our last single, but it's a podcast goodbye. On the subject of 
of the video and, and it being expensive. Well, yeah, it was. And I've been reading about this. Basically, it's all her vision. She It was Dave Myers who directed it, who's obviously a video directing legend, still doing stuff to this day with like Ariana Grande and everyone, basically. She basically just tore loads of pages out of magazines and said, this is what I want. Do this. Oh, Pinterest before Pinterest. And that's what they did. And I, apparently Mark Ronson's in the video. No. I, hadn't, I didn't spot him when I, when I watched it, but apparently he's in there somewhere. Oh. And this this is a comment on YouTube from Daniel Kenny, and it's really good. And I think it it, it shows just how much work, and it, it feeds back into my theory that she's a complete, like, auto-visionistic, like, pop genius who could have, you know, be, gone on to be, like, one of the biggest stars in the world. He says... This is his interpretation of the video and what all this, this sort of the the imagery means. Aaliyah is herself and the motorcycle represents her man. She is literally riding him. <laughs> but she is not just his lover. She is much more. She's on top of him, but she's also inside of him. Brackets. His heart represented by the pistons pumping in the background. Ah. It also represents sex and his passion for her since she's inside his heart. Uh, he is joyous at the thought of being uh, with her, represented by the party, which also represents him having sex, male and female dancing sections. The video culminates in a climax with the rider taking off the helmet, revealing herself to be Aaliyah on top of the mountain, which is a climax or orgasm. The colour red is also predominant again, representing passion, love and sex. There you go. That's... Nothing is by accident. That, Nothing is by accident. It's all very clever imagery uh, in a very sexy kind of way. That's answered our lyric question then, really, where more than a woman is actually about, right, I'm going to be more than an attachment to your life. I'm going to be in your heart and I, we're going to have all that. We're going to have the physical, the spiritual, the emotional connection. And actually, mm. it's like, I'm going to be the one for you. I'm going to be all of those things that makes me more than a girlfriend. So actually, maybe the song's a little bit of genius. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I um, I like the lyric just because we've had Destiny's Child do it really, really, like, kind of over the top, she's really downplayed it. Obviously, Destiny's Child said, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. She just says, I don't think you're ready for this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so underplayed. But it, I think it's true to her that she's she's such a natural performer and she's so casual that she can do a line like that, which she can kind of compare with the one that's much more of a blown and just go, yeah, mm-hmm. it suits her. It does, yeah. Absolutely. Imagine if Jerry Halliwell did it, you'd be like, is that the best word you could come up with, love? Yeah. Whereas, like, Aaliyah's done, like, yeah. she owned that thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting bit of trivia for you here. Uh, More Than a Woman was replaced by George Harrison's My Sweet Lord at number one, which is next week's number one. It's the only time in the UK singles chart history where, where a dead artist has replaced another dead artist at number one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So there you go, it's historic. And actually, the track has lived on quite a bit as well. So as much as it was a goodbye to Aaliyah, in terms of like her herself, this track's been sampled by Solange on Borderline. It's been sampled by Kalani on Too Much. Drake used a bit of it on Is There More? Passion, instant, sweat beats, fill me, cupids, shot me. And actually, uh, Kelly Lee Owens did a cover, which is beautiful, in 2017. So, it's everywhere, and I think it's just a shame that she physically herself wasn't everywhere, because she deserved it. Yeah. Really enjoying this. It's so nice to be back. (laughs) 
Uh, right, we've already mentioned it. It was a number 68 last week. Now it's jumped up to number two, just behind Aaliyah. This is Pure Tone, Addicted to Bass. They're picking up my problem. I'm totally addicted to bass. So this is a track by Josh Abrahams and you've got Emil Damien on vocals who actually appears in the video as one of the ladies. Um, this is practically dubstep before dubstep and wobble before wobble. I've got this down as another intro juice to you already. Three tracks deep. Big time, yeah. Well, the intro is interesting because it starts off kind of like almost like reggae scar kind of pace. Mm-hmm. It's like a slow bit of percussion, then some organ comes in. It builds up, then it becomes, yeah, as you say, like jungle drum and bass with some lovely wub wubs. I really like this song. We've already spoken about it before because I'm, I think I drew comparisons to Koshin Hide You. Which is going to come up again a couple times, I think, this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite a flashy bit of dance music, but actually it's got a narrative and storytelling that's quite intelligent. It does. And it's weird because lyrically I knew all of the words, right? But actually had no idea what I was saying. Mm. I always, and I remember at the time there was lots of focus on the fact that they they used a walkie-talkie produced vocal the whole way through. Oh, really? And that was kind of scandalous, but genius. Yeah, so, because I don't know, you probably know the song so well you don't notice it really, but I remember at the well, time. I, 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 know it's, I know it's filtered, but I, I, I presume that would be like a, a, like a, post-production effect rather than literally like oh, 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 oh it, it, it was post-produced it, it wasn't like yeah <laughs> I thought you meant they recorded it through a walkie-talkie no 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 it was the fact that they used that post-filter effect on the whole of the vocals throughout the track because mm. we've never really heard anybody do anything we've had like share believe and all of that kind of crack which was scandalous but this got loads of attention because nobody's really done that effect the whole way through it by this point on on chart music but mm. uh, yeah I just loved that that totally hooked me in at the time I think I love the fact that it starts with a thin bass line. It turns into something pumping, something pacey. The bass line then grows. D&B, Wobble, uh, just, I think, a really underrated, huge track that doesn't get enough attention in 2021, really. Yeah. And the video, Mad Max yeah. all over it. I've not seen Mad Max. Oh, My you should. education on Mad Max is because of this yeah. track. Yeah. Talk to us about Mad Max. Well, Mad Max, it's like a big like post-apocalyptic thing in Australia where it's basically uh, uh, every man for himself kind of fight for basic supplies like water because they're on dry land where everything's being kind of like expunged because apocalypse kind of thing but yeah the, the video is a very nice homage to that this is the european video that does that it's a very nice homage it's even filmed in the same location as mad yes. max so they've really stuck true to it um yeah that is grand to to talk you through the video a bit more we've got like uh two girls get off a bus they find a car that they decide to steal because they're bored uh, they get into it and just as they get into it uh, somebody chucks a bag in the back of it and it's two guys that are robbing a bank mm. it then turns out that they speed off in the car uh, there's a police chase there's a, a crash of a car through the caravan which is all very much uh, Mad Max like and I remember at the time this is so so stupid and really not the case but I remember at the time being gripped at the video because the girl 
that's driving the car, not the vocalist of the song, the girl driving the car, looked like Kat from EastEnders. <laughs> Kat Slater <laughs> at the time, who must have been super famous. I must have watched EastEnders um, in Dribs and Drabs during this era. But I remember thinking she has a look of Kat from EastEnders. And sometimes when she's actually driving the car, she looks like this weird, which I only noticed yesterday. She looks a bit like Kat from EastEnders merging with Sophie Ellis Bexter at points. And mm. I was a bit creeped out. But yeah, threw me back to, I, I had a real, and I still kind of do, I have this, this, thing where I just find women driving sexy. <laughs> it's because those Max Power magazines, isn't it? No, because I really, I really dislike Jordan, really. And during my era, she was she was the face of Max Power. I just really struggled um, with her. But um, there's something, I don't know, women driving, I just always <laughs> loved it. Like, I'm obsessed with driving in cars anyway. Yeah. But there was something about this that I found stupidly as a what, what age am I into? Still seventeen, like extra sexy. It was it was odd, but yeah, it was in a in a street. stilettos on the pedals and stuff. <laughs> Pervy little seventeen year old Scott. Yeah, was pretty impacted by that in a weird way. I apologize yeah. if this, if this is a personal question, but when you met your your lovely wife, could she drive? Yeah, or did you have to like kind of force her and say, "I need you to drive"? Oh no, she drove. <laughs> Don't ask why. And I actually, <laughs> I remember on one occasion, right? So on 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 Sunday nights in Northern Ireland through the summer, the spring and summer months, you. You kind of you you go cruising, which in England means something else. Mm. Um, you go cruising in Port Rush and Port Stewart, and you, you you go up in your car and you drive up and down this like seafront promenade, spin around, drive back, and you're like. It's all about cars. It looks like the Fast and the Furious, but then somebody racks up in some dodgy Nissan Micra that's like got um, three alloy wheels and one wheel trim. So it's dead funny, but every Sunday night you've you've got to see this experience. But it's it's a, it's practically a fashion show, and I can remember. Whenever my girlfriend, my now wife, was my girlfriend and she flew over from England because she's from England. I was like, right, we're going to the port tonight. You can wear my Subaru STI jacket because I had like a, a proper <laughs> expensive car jacket. And I made her march about like she was, you know, ready to hold a, a go sign or something in Greece. It was, it was pretty <laughs> awful now in reflection. But I loved it. I was like, hey, look at my girlfriend. Isn't she class? She's the fittest girl here. And everybody loves my Nova. <laughs> That is amazing. That is oh, oh I'm so oh, that is amazing. Um, to go to go back to the song as much as I'd love to talk about that for more. <laughs> um, I think this the song is so strong because it has restraint. There's the temptation for this track to just go mental for three minutes, but actually it dips in and out and yeah. it builds up nicely to those big moments. The 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 baseline that it has when it gets to its most bassy is almost like brown noise. It's that deep. I felt my, I felt myself clench. It was that kind of like deep and roaring. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of wonder, you know, what, what year are we talking? 2002 here. Flat screens weren't really on the massive. So there would have been like proper CRT TVs with big backs. You know, whenever like mummy and daddy has like ornaments and stuff on top of the TV, this would have made shit wobble off and break. Oh God, yeah, definitely. drama from this. Like the, the speakers and TVs and things probably couldn't actually cope with what was coming out of this speaker because it just wasn't, TVs weren't manufactured for that if you're watching it on the music channels. But mm. yeah, I, I totally agree. The way that they've done it is very smart. Right, let's move on to a track that's almost certainly going to set off the objectionable klaxon. This is Dr. Dre featuring Nocturnal Bad Intentions. Raise it up, blaze it up, All I really know is your hoe wants to be with me and she ain't playing. What I'm saying, she creeps with me and sleeps between the sheets. 
This is from the soundtrack to the film The Wash and was co-produced by Dre and samples Hollywood Hot by 11th Hour. And I have this down as an intro just simply because of that baseline. Yeah. Just baseline. Have you seen Anchorman? Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that actually this has got Ron Burgundy jazz flute the whole way through it, it and people probably didn't even realise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it was never in the film. No, I know. <laughs> uh, there is a lot of groaning. I kind of... <laughs> want to reflect back and see about how they did this on the radio and Mm. if it got loads of action on the radio because I don't remember it it took me it took me ages to to figure it out really to to kind of get it but did it I didn't remember any of it actually and then there's a really high pitch where Nocturnal says all I really know when he does it in a really funny pitch but that was the only bit I recognised that whole thing didn't remember the bass line loved it didn't remember anything lyrically mm. didn't remember anything there wasn't really much of a melody to it but uh i was pretty surprised that that got to number four and i didn't notice that existed really do you not recognize the uh, nocturnal bit where he, be- where he becomes steve buscemi and goes and sleeps between the sheets no that not ring about nah, you it, didn't. it did no. to me i'm not sure if it's transformational right because i just think it's like that still that original hollywood hot track with just a bigger bass line and a lot of rude stuff on top. And yeah. I'm like, is the rude stuff smart enough? Is it interesting enough to make it actually a big track? And I'm a bit like, no. <laughs> you know, I know the Dr. Dre tracks that I'm supposed to know because I they're, they're earworms or they I couldn't escape them, whereas I escaped this. So I, I don't think this is transformational enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy bits of it. I like the flute. I like the little, yeah, samples. Yeah. Actually, it lyrical structure wise is quite similar to still DRE and when you mentioned there about like you know is the swearing and the is it justified you know is it is it really good enough like can you justify what they're saying and it's just very standard issue misogyny and drug anthem isn't it like there's nothing special about it yeah like at least at least D12 purple pills was kind of impressive with how committed they were to being like specifically vulgar about a particular theme whereas this is just yeah. this is just quite this is quite scattershot it's just your typical kind of like blinging bitches kind of track i have pulled some lyrics out i've pulled out keep them titties jumping keep the henny coming every bitch in here need to be touching something i know they like it hot that's why i keep it hot so how the fuck could they not want a piece of doc okay i thought it was a nice bit of passage i'm gonna have that read at my funeral yeah that you should get that on a t-shirt for the time being as well yeah I will mention, and I sent you this before we recorded this, there is a, a track called uh, Fuck the Titties by The Player from 2006, uh, which is on an album called The Greatest Clits and features tracks like Weird Clit, Rotterdam Nightmare, Clit.com, and Keep Them Titties Jumping, which, if you'll recall, is the, the lyric from this song, because he's done two tracks that sample this uh, Bad Intentions. Can we hear a little bit of... Uh, what's it called? Yeah, we'll hear a bit of Fuck the Titties. This is a hardcore track and it's uh, it's going to blast your ears on. The weird thing is, I saw this on Who Sampled and I thought, oh, I'll have a listen. I have to listen to the track called Fuck the Titties. And I immediately loved it because actually for the last few months, I've listened to a lot of hardcore music. <laughs> It's all come from an artist called Lil Texas, who's just got these kind of like really pumping, overblown, over-processed tracks. And I'm really into it. Wow. I okay. really got into it, yeah. That's, the, the pandemic has blown my brain apart. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's becoming a thing, isn't it? I think that we're just needing loud, hardcore noise to just like wash our thoughts from our brain, pretty much. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, just like whelmed. I do think it is an introduce, and I do love the bass line, but whelmed. Well, we'll go from whelmed to a track that you really have to have an opinion on. Like, you can't be on the fence with this one, surely. 
DJ Alligator Project and a track called The Whistle Song, brackets, Blow My Whistle, Bitch. Blow my whistle, baby. Open up and put it in. Let's begin. So this comes from an Iranian Danish DJ. I remember this. I've played this on my dance music shows. It doesn't get it gets whipped out maybe once every six months, uh, but I remember loving this at the time. This made dance floors really, really fun. Yeah, I enjoy how all the elements build up. I can just remember like air whistling, like pretending I was like a referee and had a whistle in my mouth. The whistle didn't exist. Just <laughs> falling around the floor of the Gortine, just like air whistling to nothing. I love the air whistles in it. I love the oo-oos in it. I love the singing and the rain breakdown. Blow my whistle, baby. Man, are you crazy? You must be out of your mind. You need to bring the beat. Which actually, the breakdown of Singing in the Rain, that was used when I went to, uh, I want to say, Es Es Paradis in Ibiza that has the water parties. Um, I can remember they used that into Benny Benassi's satisfaction. And then the the floor just erupted and all of the water cannons just started shooting. It went went Singing in the Rain. And then it went. And (laughs) we just all got soaked and everything just exploded. Uh, That's cool. I think it just fitted in nicely with other clubland yeah, at yeah. the time as well but my my memories of this are positive mm. like they they are just generally positive I really loved it I don't have any memories really but I'd like to make some obviously now that we're starting to kind of like look back to, to normal <laughs> life again I'll get you a whistle babe yeah please well I, I was, I was going to ask people, did people actually have whistles in the club like was that a real thing like as you see it in like films and stuff as like a bit of a like a piss take of club culture but like did people and I know you had an air whistle like you pretended to have one but did people really have whistles in clubs because I find that a bit weird Um, probably not in 2002 or not in the clubs that I went to well maybe actually maybe uh, I guess like 90s raves 90, so 90s raves if, if you if you did actually have a whistle if you physically had a whistle in 2002 it might have been a little bit lame um, or if they were doing it it was to places where I wasn't cool enough to go mm. so mm. yeah did I ever I don't think I ever had a whistle but like I think I've been to weddings where I've been given glow sticks and a whistle around my neck, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, the difficulty is, it's like that really would, you know, the whistle thing would set you off. I think whistles are better outside, you yeah. know, if you're at a festival than being inside and like giving 150 people a whistle each and them all blowing it to this song. Your ears would ring longer than they naturally would from a nightclub. Yeah, this is interesting. I think, well, first of all, it's genius branding. If you put project in a, in a title of a, a song or an artist name, I'm immediately hooked. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm always intrigued by a project or, also, or like a ministry. Ministry is always quite an enticing word. Uh, present. If somebody's presenting something, I'm like, oh, well, we'll see what you're presenting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it, you've, you've mentioned the fact that this made dance floors fun. I think that like this, it's almost like a rude cha-cha slide or like it's sort of like a more grown up cha-cha slide it's got like you can't just dance the same way through this because there's kind of instructions that it kind of like leads you on through the way yeah like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it put me in mind of dj casper and cha-cha slide i'm not sure how dj alligator feels about that but it did yeah um and that, that's the worst part about it is it positions it i think you know obviously his name i think his name was ali yeah. so he's he's played with that and i think 
DJ Alligator hasn't really translated great. It's translated a little bit cheesy outside of mainstream Europe. It's no, it's it's novelty to me. I'd classify it as kind of a bit novelty. Yeah, which is probably not what he would have wanted. No, and we're we're coming through a clubland era where there's a lot of DJ someone's, mm. um, and the the DJ someone's that have kind of remained credible were normally the ones at the late nineties, like D- DJ Quicksilver. Yeah, was a much more credible kind of a DJ, and the songs are, are smarter. But yeah, it just it just sits it just sits in a very strange place really but it was fun it didn't actually chart at first no and then it got used in an advert and they ch- so for the UK release they then changed it to chuck in the word bitch and bitch got it bitch in that advert ended up getting the top five mm, yeah so yeah I think everything about this is of its time like it, I, I I listen to dance tracks now that are like instrumental that do kind of like the beats sound like this like they're yeah I guess they're like in, in some ways they're a bit of a pastiche kind of like novelty remake nostalgic reference but they never have tracks they never have lyrics like this does and they certainly wouldn't have the whistle that's all very much a noise thing that you wouldn't hear yeah now mm-hmm. yeah yeah Shame. obviously obviously it's supposed to be a euphemism for something else oral sex as far as i'm aware oh, you know so y- y- you mean open up put it in let's begin isn't about a whistle no <laughs> okay we'll move on Right, going from DJ Alligator to Gold Tricks and Andrea Brown, uh, who actually, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this, but there's there's a, a connection to an artist who's still doing stuff now as part of Gold Tricks. This is their track with Andrea Brown. It's called It's Love Trippin'. They say I'm- This is music from Daniel Goldstein and Matrix, mm-hmm. and I love learning new things because this was brand new information to me, and I never tried that Matrix. Well, because I didn't know it was two separate people and Matrix. Yeah. But the Matrix we're talking about is Matrix of Matrix and Future Bound. <laughs> I love Matrix and Future Bound and I didn't realise so yesterday when I did my research I was completely buzzing and actually Andrea Brown at the vocals is I think Cousins or something with Bob, with Bobby Brown as well yeah, too yeah. but this is a cover of Jill Scott's It's Love Trippin' and they pimped it listen to the original Jill they say I'm Yeah, they've done major work with that. Mm. But and I get the feeling this is what you were gonna say as well, based on something that's come out your mouth earlier on. I hear this and think caution vibes are yeah. you in the same camp. Yeah, yeah. Is there a link that you're aware of? Because I didn't go down that rabbit hole. No, but I did see in the comments people saying, Oh, well, this is this has been stolen off Kashin, and people saying, Oh, well, Kashin stole off this. So they're obviously around the very they're around at a very similar time. Yeah. It's it's impossible to know who who did who, or if anybody did anything and it just was an accident. But yeah, the two are very similar at the start anyway, and then they go down their own paths from there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in two thousand and two, Gold Tricks and Kashin bought the same 
computer <laughs> discs <laughs> and they had access to very similar sounds yeah. and they came from similar scenes so they made a similar song potentially yeah, um, yeah. but I do think it's got a massive synth hook I've got it down as an intro just I need to give it the intro just title it's an intro just from the get go big synth big hook big soul vocals I love the fact that it sounds similar to Kaushin mm. and I love the way that it progresses because actually it, it gets trippier as you move through it and I'd never really noticed that even though I've listened to that song loads of times but I really enjoyed listening to it with a fresh pair of ears yesterday because yeah I find it trippier and it, it, it sucked me back in and I, I was just really happy with it yeah big time there's some lovely bits of filtering like when it comes down a notch before it goes back to that final drop which I listened to yesterday when I was walking for the bus and like it really got me going like it really really got the blood pumping just waiting the anticipation that build up and it just makes me realise how much I'm desperate to be back in a club <laughs> this really put me in the mind of being in a club like a really dark atmospheric stroby kind of club uh probably a bit dirty probably in newcastle uh a quite a good track for being off your nips that's <laughs> oh what God. it made me think i've never yeah. heard that words before uh, <laughs> weirdly enough i remember at the time this always made me want to party in a big grand room like in the video like in the video yeah always made me wanted to go to like a day party in a big massive grand house mm. and to just like love life and there to be party mess and things on the floor and the interesting thing, I'm I'm coming up at this point. Where are we at? So we're in 2002. I'm doing 18th birthday parties. So people in my year group are turning 18. Mm. Um, and I started, I didn't get, I didn't get like a big grand party house, but the video to this actually did remind me of waking up somewhere <laughs> the next morning and just being like, Jesus, where am I? Why am I still here? How did I not get home? Have I had a pizza? I'm starving. No, I'm going to be sick. Um, it was just a big confusion. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's thrown me back to really interesting and like nostalgic memories so I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it but yeah I just I love this one I really do love this one yeah I hadn't heard this before I, this is where you say you play it your show all the time but what? I, I, I don't recall it I don't recall it but I, I like it now and I will be hearing it a lot more um, yeah big fan yeah no I've not I've not actually played that so that's one that's the one is this the one that you might have think I've played uh, and I haven't there you go when you've produced my show years ago yeah possibly mm-hmm. yeah it was a long time ago we've all moved on with our lives Right, this is an artist who we've covered a fair bit on the show so far and we'll continue to cover a fair bit as the years go by because they are like, you know, right at the heart of the garage scene. But with that comes a price because they were, you know, they were held to account for a lot of stuff that they did and didn't do. And this is their way of saying, fuck you, we're so solid crew, bitch. Uh, this is them and Mr. Shabs with Haters. Obviously, it's so solid, so immediately you fall in love with the synth. And my secondary love for it is the fact that they reference Novas in it. I, a, fl- oh. a passing comment, but Novas gets the shout. Yeah, I'm, I only noticed this yesterday on that very same walk to the bus. I heard Nova and I had to quickly get Genius up and Google it and see. And yeah, he does say, <laughs> uh, you see me coming in a broke down Nova. Mind out because he'll get run over. Did you ever uh, run, any, run anybody over in your Nova, Scott? Were you quite a safe driver? Did I ever run anybody over in my Nova? I had oh, a God, he's had all the way sink. to a funeral once. Yeah, mm. it was really bad. I did hit a pheasant and um, I was on the way to a funeral and I was going down a country road and I hit it and I went around the wheel arch about dun 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 <gasps> Then it flew out and it flew out and went into the field um, and I couldn't find it. And then I had to find out who the farmer was to tell him that there was a pheasant oh. um, in the field somewhere. Because um, the process was a bit weird over in Northern Ireland. Was it like a policeman but, um, going at the family's I, door and like having a knock and say, I've got some, you got your hat between your hands going, I'm sorry, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah, because I think, 
You're supposed to declare pheasants, aren't you? I've got no idea. I think you meant. I think you have to officially declare pheasants in this country. Mm. But yeah, so that was a thing. But as for people, I've not not like. If I have, it's, it was a joke. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. <laughs> no, hang on. No, no, no. You got to explain that hitting somebody with the car by a joke. Like, have I? I'm trying to think. Like a little tap, like a little like slow drive up them and tap them on the back, or like hit them for a hit a bit of crack. Yeah. I <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've been like I shouldn't I shouldn't joke because I know actual people that have been seriously knocked over by cars and are really really injured. Yeah. Um. And I yeah and we've I've lost people too. Uh. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have. I'll just let's just move on from that. No, I've not knocked anybody over with my car. Accidentally, have knocked over a pheasant. Yes. Yes. Let's move on. So yeah, this is this is a this track is their direct response to allegations that have been leveled at them for being disruptive and violent uh, and encouraging violence. Um, the kind of stuff that now gets leveled at drill and grime artists. The look, they are totally justified in making this because their statements are factual. You know, they they are an influential part of the garage scene, mm-hmm. especially looking back at this track now, 20 years on, the fact that Sosa Lacroix is still spoken about, they are very justified in their attempt to justify their position, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird one to take a swerve from the seriousness. Do you think when the chorus comes out, it sounds like Dean Byers is singing it? <laughs> it does, yeah. It does. And I've got, I, I, I do want to mention who, because the first time you hear it, you go, that's a pretty solid hook. Yeah. But it's in the track way too much. I hear it way too much. I mean, it's it's like a four and a half, five minute song where like typically social crew, everyone gets a chance. Well, not everyone, because there's no Lisa again, which I find a bit disappointing. But yeah, there's way too much of the hook. Way too much of the hook. Yeah, I do like this. I've forgotten it already, to be fair. Um, and I didn't remember it from the time mm. too. But obviously it's probably just, I was not accessible as a young person yeah, for yeah. the So Solid crew based on where they would be marketed and where they could be played. I wasn't in those 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 scenes as such but mm. I think like the, the the beat on this is I've got written here unreal in big capital letters I might retract that a little bit because it, it's good <laughs> but I think maybe what I mean by that is it's, it's it still feels relevant like it stood the test of time like we've, yeah. we've spoken before about social crew probably being a precursor to grime because uh, a lot of stuff does sound like this now I think that's that's dated well I think a lot of the rapping styles haven't which is fair enough because it's kind of like of course like raps change so much in 20 years. It kind of reminds me of when I listen back to bits of So Solo Crew, like especially the those kind of like bits of, and and, and I couldn't even think of any words. All I can do is the huh, huh, huh. T to the H, U to the G, fucking a love into a D I E, M to the E to the C, that's me, S K A T D, fucks representing So Solo Familia, stacking the chips in the bricks you'll see. Those things have dated quite badly, and it reminds me of like Rapper's Delight, so Sugar Hill Gang. Oh no. <laughs> I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. I got a color TV so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Him which was on BBC Two last weekend, like a rap at the BBC sort of special thing where they went through like the history of rap through like BBC performances. And you watch Sugar Hill Gang back now, and you go like, it's amazing how far rap has come, considering that was at the very beginning of, of rap music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so uncool. It's just like them rapping about hanging out with each other and watching telly and playing basketball. And it's like, there's no edge to it at all. It's yeah. the, it's the, it's the least edgy rap track ever. And you look at where rap is now and, and like, who'd have thought listening to Sugar Hill Gang that now we'd be talking to rap, about rap music as part of like gangland crime and drill and that kind of stuff. Like you just wouldn't think it. Anyway, that's a diversion about my thoughts on Sugar Hill Gang. But yeah, uh, parts of this track have aged very well and some of it hasn't. But for what it was at the time, I can imagine this being a big deal. They Number are. eight in the UK, uh, third top ten single in a row. They are they are garage legends, and yep. yeah, they had a they had a rough go of it. 
And finally, this is a track that I do know that you play a lot of because you're the first person to think of when I think about this track. And oh. I do, I, hands on the table, I love this track. This is Lange featuring Sky. It's called Drifting Away. Drifting away. This comes from British DJ and producer Stuart Langeland. And Lange was also surreal. Uh, you take my breath away. Do, have we co- we've covered surreal. Have we covered surreal? No. No. Let's listen to surreal. You take my breath away. <laughs> also a massive trance banger. Mm-hmm. I remember this from Top of the Pops because... It was at this era, the dance performances on top of the pops were a pretty typical wind machine <laughs> girl, some dancers, very s- similar moves, like elbows in the air um, <laughs> as they dance and stuff and sniff the like hand behind the head, sniff the armpit, then flick to the other side, <laughs> hand behind the head, sniff the armpit, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, the, I remember the top of the pops performance being so dance music on top of the pops in 2002. Um, and I loved it. From a trance perspective, I've put this down as an intro just as well, obviously. Yeah. Love the trance, love the rumbles. It breaks down really well. It builds up um, just to be like the spacey, beautiful beast. If you've never really got trance music, um, it's never been a thing or it's never impacted you, this is probably a good track to start with if you've got a good set of headphones and you can listen to it in stereo. Just give it a go, nice and loud. But like mindfulness, just stick this on and and have a bit of a, a moment. Very much so. I watched an interview with um, Stuart Langelin, who was talking to Music Express, and he said that uh, Top of the Pops, the performance was introduced by Britney Spears. Oh, was it? Like, isn't that isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. I think around that time, they were having, like, guest, guest presenters and stuff, and yeah, um, he spoke about the fact that, like, at Top of the Pops was just you know, completely strange for the, for this track that came together kind of really interestingly because they just, they received the vocals from Sky and the writer Danny Kirsch. They just sent the vocals over email and just said like, do something with this. And he never actually met them ever. Obviously the vocalist in the video, as was quite typical at this time, was a model. And yeah, uh, he, he spoke about just being backstage at Top of the Pops as somebody who just kind of like made this track, you know, didn't expect anything to come of it, got a number nine from it, and was suddenly getting introduced by Britney Spears. Yeah. How surreal. Wow. I think they spoke very briefly backstage as well, yeah. Did they? Amazing, that's great. On the topic of trance not being for everyone, this is a comment from Discogs, which says, uh, vocal trance can often come across as corny or lame, but these lyrics have a bit of power to them, like a tug on your shirt saying, hey, pay attention, trance history is being made here. Trans history for you, Scott? I know you play it a lot, so I'd, I'd suggest it probably is for you. Yeah, I think Lange... All Lange tracks are are pretty special. I think that lyrically is lovely. Vocally, it's great. There's a nice element of darkness to the lyrics as well. The way that he's produced that, if he was given lyrics first, really compliments. And he's really heard what happened there vocally. And Mm. he's really Mm -hmm. complimented that perfectly. But, you know, this was a follow-up to Follow Me from Kevin and Perry. Oh, yeah, yeah. we've had Lange at this point too so at this point we do have really really strong 
trance coming through and yeah pretty much a pioneer at this point but this makes me glow like I can't express how much I glow listening to this one it's such a good good song mm. really really good there's a lovely contrast between the ethereal floaty lyrics and the like the dark pumping pacey trance bits like the drop into the pre-hook when it has the drifting away mm-hmm. like those like so lovely soft vocals before it goes and like a big pumping bit of trance actually the structure is interesting because it, I've got in my notes here that it reminds me of also uh, Rui De Silva touched me as did Gold Tricks uh, but this just goes straight in this is just like a straight off the bat yeah. bang 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 then drops down into the floaty bits then brings it back up again they, I mean for that reason particularly I mean it's so melancholic and it's that kind of like emotional whiplash that you get with those kind of trans melancholic trans tracks. Like you're pumping, then you're crying, then you're like pumping and crying. Yeah. And it just reminds <laughs> me of being a cream field, just ball my eyes out above and beyond. Yeah, that's exactly. And you know, I think the, the what it can, if you let it in, what it can physically do to you just being completely sober and just being present it just goes to show the power of songs like this and this is exactly what I love about trance music mm-hmm. is you can drive to a festival walk in you know literally have a bottle of water go have a moment make some memories and walk back out and drive away safely you know it's it's so powerful really powerful right then that is the first episode of series three done scott how do you feel do you feel optimistic about the the future going forward because that's a fairly strong week this is uh a much stronger week now we've discussed it than what you would think on paper or it's it's a very hard week to make a decision yeah really you know there's there's bigger there's probably bigger songs still to come in the next few weeks but very hard to decipher and pull these apart really um, I'm finding it quite a close one mm, me too hard well as we always do you're going to go first for those who are listening for the first time we better explain it we, we pick our contenders based on these uh, episodes then we pick an episode winner bit, which is the best of the episode, and it goes up against our current series winner, which, as you heard at the start of the show, for Scott is Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head, and for me it's Linkin Park in the end. So whoever wins this episode will go up against Kylie to be Scott's series winner. So, Scott, what are your contenders for this week, please? Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna I'm gonna do four. So I'm gonna go from four, three, two, one, and I can't believe that this one's four because it's so good and it doesn't deserve fourth position, but it is fourth. Gold Tricks and Andrea Brown. It's Love Trippin'. Number three, and I can't believe this is again, I can't believe this is a number three. Number three, Pure Tone, Addicted to Bass. They're picking up my problem, I'm totally addicted to bass. Whoa, whoa, Number, oh, this is where I'm a bit, mm, nah, <laughs> number two, number two, uh, which I thought would be my number one at face value, but it isn't um, because of glow. Aaliyah, more than a woman. And my episode winner this week is going to be Lange featuring Sky, Drifting Away, a banger. On a very similar page. Oh, really? But not in the same order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me. Can I? Can I? Can I guess? Let me just have a little. Mm, mm, mm. 
Okay, I feel like two are going to be the same and you're going to switch two around. Liam, give us your final. Number four, and I can't believe this is number four, much like you. Uh, Pure Tone, Addicted to Bass. I think I've just heard it a bit too much. And I think there's tracks that I've heard for almost the first time. Uh, or, or more recently and less frequently that I like more, which we'll get to. So Pure Tone's number four. Okay. Number three, it's very fine margins this week, very, very fine margins. Number three is Gold Tricks. It's Love Trippin'. They say I'm trippin' Where you got my whole life So my three and four are the same as yours, but swapped. Yeah. And actually my one and two are the same as yours, but swapped. My number two is Lange featuring Sky drifting away. And my number one is Aaliyah, more than a woman. And stuff, which is kind of I did. I thought you were gonna have the. I thought your four and three were gonna be the same, and I thought you were gonna one hundred percent have Aaliyah as your winner. I think we've we've both saved each other because I would have quite liked to have picked Sky as winner and uh, Lange as winner, and I'm sure you'd want to want to want to pick Aaliyah as winner. Yeah. So we've done each other a favor there. I think we really we've have both picked. You know, everyone's everyone's happy. Yeah. And we're while we're still kind of in World Cup brain, I'm a bit devastated because I know fine right when we get to the end of the year and if it we have we need to sort out what we do with the World Cup for the next year anyway. But yeah. if it's a Twitter poll, I know people will not know Lange and Sky and it will lose yeah, potentially really quickly. So um whereas Aliyah more than a woman could be a finalist. We're, we're, we're one week in mm. and I'm already saying she's a potential finalist for a World Cup you know what I mean um, so what it, right we, well, we need to talk we need to talk series yes so for you Scott Kylie Minogue yeah can't get out of my head up against Lange featuring Sky drifting away two special tracks two different reasons uh, let's get into it Scott here's your drone I feel like this is easy but actually very unconsidered. I did listen to Kylie on the way into the studio today to make sure that I've listened to it. I do love the pace of Lange way more, um, and we have discussed Kylie's Got Better Songs to Come, but actually the impact of Can't Get It In My Head could keep it as a full-blown overall winner. The impact of Kylie is much more significant. It still makes me glow. Kylie stays on. Yeah, that's fair. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to reform my arguments. We've maybe had too too much of a break. I might need to think more <laughs> and refresh myself on what's been said. But yeah, there's there's so much for there's so much love for Lange that I just can't get out of my mouth. But I kind of think if I had the level of Kylie love, more words would come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Where were you at then? Series winner in the end, yeah. Lincoln Park. Yeah. Versus Aaliyah, more than a woman. Hit me. I think. I mean, I've listened to Linkin Park a lot over the last few months. It's on it's on my regular rotation of stuff that I listen to. Aaliyah is a bit more fresh in my mind. What's aged better? I think Linkin Park still sounds brand new, whereas I think this does sound a little bit dated. Not that's a big problem, because I have picked tracks that have been dated in the past. Aaliyah obviously has been a winner for me as a series winner in the past. Only for a week, unfortunately, but um, yeah, Try Again was a big track that I did like. Do I like this more than Try Again? Knowing me and what my music tastes are like, I should like this more, but I think I like Try Again more. Mm. It's, a, it's a shame, but I do think Linkin Park survives another week. Yeah, in the end stays on. 
Okay, I didn't know where you were going there. You freaked me out. I thought you were doing a, a J-Lo like I did yeah. when we hit series two. I was wondering where we were going. Okay, yeah, I get it. Um, I, I'm, I love the fact that we've both been really pushed mm-hmm. with what, yeah, we've, what we've chosen. Maybe a much more calibre week than we, we kind of have given it credit for too. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy. Yeah. I do. Know, like we know that there's things coming this year. Yeah. That, or in 2002, we know that the things that are coming that are are interesting and going to cause challenges. Yeah. So yeah, lots of fun to be had still. To get myself back in the, the mindset of 2000, well, 2000 generally, I haven't not really listened to much for the last few months, apart from Linkin Park in the end, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I listened to a bit of the playlist for the year that we've got ahead and there's some weeks where there's like three series winners in one episode (laughs) it's just like it's it's gonna it's gonna be cruel there's still so much exciting stuff to come this year i mean i I say still it's only one weekend but it's gonna be a really tough year yeah with new artists coming in artists who will say goodbye to total wildcard tracks mega stars coming in it's it's gonna be a really exciting year i've been looking forward to 2002 i think these next three years particularly are like golden yes eras of pop they're really yes. then it goes indie and it goes weird after that but these next three years are spectacular so please do stay with us as we uh, dissect it all lovely Yes, it's a brand new year and the listener's choice is back. Your chance to uh, have your winner of your own means. Scott both picked one, now it's your chance. Mm-hmm. You've got the choice of Aaliyah, More Than A Woman, Gold Tricks, It's Love, Lange, Drifting Away and Pure Tone Addicted to Bass. That's the four tracks that we both chose as, as contenders. So handily, they become the four that you can choose from. We want you to head to our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Look for at TNNpod and you can email us as well with hello at tnnpod.co.uk. Emails and voice notes, please. And don't forget that on this Monday, coming we've got our chat with brendan b brown from wheatus he is the member of wheatus who's been there since the very beginning Mm -hmm. it's 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 a fantastic chat i'm currently in the middle of editing it now making it sure it's like nice and squeaky polish and stuff but i'm having so much fun you're gonna love it as well so this coming monday which is the 17th of may do check out on your podcast feed our chat with Weedus. Next time on The Naughtiest Naughty, George Harrison scores his second UK number one 32 years after his first. Plus, we have a debut solo effort for Christina Milian, and it's the only podcast appearance for All Stars. Got it. Meanwhile, the Chemical Brothers are back with some star guitar, and it's the start of a new era for Pink, complete with funky guitar. Mm, very nice. Mm-hmm.